0: and kind of how all these things form one big circle and there really is no gap to bridge once you kind of uh make that concept full circle
1: within you know your own thought processes and whatnot right right amazing so you know first of all congrats on the new album solstice thank you thank you it is incredible i jammed it thank you for that early listen Um, incredible sounds, man. Like, it sounds like you're coming from the rainforest, but it's like, you know, shamanized. It's like super organic feeling, but then it's got that like nasty bass, you know? (laughs)
0: Right, yeah, I'm so glad you enjoyed it, man. I mean, that's kind of the premise of the album is, you know, to kind of bridge the gap between modern culture and ancient culture, particularly the shamanic cultures that, you know, in my opinion, have never severed their connection to nature kind of the way that we have. And uh, mm-hmm. I think music serves as a great medium to, to
1: bridge the gaps uh, interculturally. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah, man, I mean, with your level of production, it sounds like you've been doing this for a long time. Um, it is so clean. It is so just masterful in its audio engineering and the way that things jump out at you and the place that they sit and uh in the mix how, how long have you been doing the music thing oh, man i appreciate that um i've been producing music since i was about 13
0: uh i've gone through ups and downs and different uh techniques and styles and whatnot and uh you know up until about three and a half years ago the thing that i produced the most of was kind of like a new orleans bassy funk music and, uh, you know, so I was producing this funk music and I love it. I still love funk. But, you know, at the uh, beginning and ends of Long Nights, I would find myself listening to shamanic throat singing music, you know, rainforesty jams like that. And ultimately, mm-hmm. it just made the most sense for me to where, like, I could be producing music from, like, my, my soul's true core to kind of develop this kind of shamanic bass music fusion and uh you know see where where i could take it and this album is kind of the first manifestation of that you know
1: volume one Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. damn you did a great job you did a great job i appreciate that so with interest in you know shamanism or you know shamanic visions and these types of things i mean it's it it feels very clear that you have dabbled with plant medicines or psychedelics um are you down to kind of you know talk about you know what maybe you've learned from the psychedelics what they mean to you when you started using them and that type of thing yeah sure man i mean
0: obviously i've been experimenting with plant medicines not only plant medicines either but you know any type of modality to explore consciousness the nature of consciousness uh, the human experience that I can for, you know, I mean, I started with psilocybin mushrooms when I was a teenager, but that has thus evolved into many different manifestations of plant medicine since then. And, you know, many different intentions per se of, you know, what I'm trying to learn or what I'm trying to master about myself or my relationship with life or my relationship yeah. with other people. And uh, and just kind of how to like live inside of brain and heart coherency, you know, and uh, kind but uh, do you have any particular questions about? Yeah. Any of them?
1: So what was your first most powerful experience? One where you've, you know, they worked, you know, because, you know, for me, the first few times I did psychedelics, I didn't really break through. I didn't really have Mm -hmm. a spiritual experience. I was just kind of feeling kind of funny, kind of, ooh, I feel a little like I'm drunk, you know, like on a gram of shrooms. You know, you're not really Mm -hmm. hitting this like consciousness expansion on such a, on such a massive level so for you like what was that first kind of breakthrough experience where you really like started to to see you know the other side so to speak
0: Uh, well when i was young uh, about 13 14 i mean it all started with mushrooms for me and i live over here in louisiana by the honey island swamp uh and what we used to do is uh go uh back over to picayune i don't know if y'all know where that is in mississippi and i mean they were just free for the taking and uh, we kind of got spoiled in that sense every Amazing. time it rained we could just go fill up bags right and so you know when i wow. was that young it was never practiced for me at the time to uh to weigh doses i used to just throw them all in a big pot and boil them wow. down and kind of whatever happened happened right and so that's kind of when obviously i began to realize like hey this this here this is not a drug uh, this is mm-hmm. this is something very much more than that. And it's it's connecting me in a million indescribable ways to something deeper than my previously held belief systems and infrastructure of thought processes of what the human experience was. Right. And then so yeah, after having, you know, like a bunch of kind of really groundbreaking experiences, not only did it kind of shape who I grew in to be, a, a, you know, as I approached adulthood, But uh, Mm -hmm. it obviously made me curious about what else was out there. And then, you know, Mm -hmm. then that thing led me to DMT, which ultimately led me to 5-MEO DMT, which is the Mm -hmm. absolute end of the road. I mean, that one right there is is as far as it
1: goes, you know, the toad. That is the one I haven't done yet. and And I'm meaning to. So once I do do it, I'll definitely have a podcast and talk about it. I've tried, you know, I've tried almost all the psychedelics, but some of them just evade me. You know, it's like they they just don't present themselves. I don't find them. If I do find them, it's just not the right time. I'm just not in the right place. You know what I mean? So um, with all psychedelics, I think there is, you know, this level of um, when you're ready, it will come. It will find you. So. Um, I think I'm, I'm getting close. My, my spider sense is tingling towards the 5-MeO, really? but I've, I've definitely tried, um, normal, you know, in DMT, mm-hmm. um, big fan of DMT. It's very powerful medicine and yeah, I have got a great relationship with the plant medicines. They have definitely pointed the way for me to follow my creative path because I feel like, uh, I've probably said this a bunch, I'm probably repeating myself, but, um, but like there's a level of creativity that exists within everybody and it is an outlet right. for you know like putting your emotions putting your aspirations and um a lot of people maybe don't uh, ha- a lot of people maybe haven't found the exact craft for their creative expression to to flourish right. so like when it came to me in psychedelics, I was able to have such a deep appreciation for music on another level that I was literally like, music is one of the most important things that mm-hmm. exists. And that is why I have thrown myself into creating music, creating a record label, doing live shows, you know, right. everything that Time Wheel does is, I, I just saw music as like this, this thing beyond what, it's like the most valuable currency there ever is. It's not that you buy things with it, but it's just like the level of enjoyment and fulfillment that it can offer both as a creator, but also as a listener is just, it's just like unmatched, you know, (laughs) a world without music doesn't make any sense. Right. I think one of the fundamental reasons for that is
0: that, you know, in waking life, the harmonic proportions that kind of construct the universe aren't necessarily apparent every direction that we look and in certain forms of visual art and but especially in music it seems that it's most apparent in music it is uh, an undeniable way of expressing and sharing the fundamental harmonic proportions that create all of the universe and all of reality if that makes sense. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. a way to experience those proportions with your sensory perceptual tools in a way that it's a little bit more difficult, even through vision, it's a little more difficult. But, you know, unless you're a mathematician, art and visual art and music are kind of the only way to
1: experience
0: that truth, you know, in your face.
1: 100%. You know, it's funny. I wonder because you said earlier that you like talking about these types of things um, and Uh, For me on psychedelics, I get this very novel sense that um, music is just like moving the air, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. It's like vibrations that move the air. It's almost as if I can see it. You know, you've kind of, it's like you can almost see the echo, uh, the visual echo of what's happening. And you're like, it's it's so mystifying because in these in these psychedelic states everything is astonishing everything is amazing because you're able to see deeper levels of information about everything you're perceiving things that are i think always there um but we just aren't tuned to the frequency to be able to perceive them um that to me really is a is part of the reason why they're so amazing because you can do things like see music as a musician that's very helpful to increase your appreciation for music, but it it also um, allows you to uh, get a deeper sense of what reality is and how sacred it is and how beautiful and rare and deep that it can be, Um, where a lot of people, you know, uh, their mindset is so just like on the modern day to day society, social media. Consumer culture, just like nothing's good enough. The internet's not going fast enough. Like, um, my food isn't hasn't arrived yet from the Uber Eats, or you know, all this stuff. It's like people get wrapped up in that as the mm-hmm. the world, but the actual real world here is like this infinitely deep, infinitely wondrous, incredible uh, gift of of an experience that um, we're just so privileged to get to be here. And that I think is what erases mm-hmm. depression and erases anxiety. And um, you hear about psychedelics being able to do that for people is because they can see that just like the simplest things, just being with each other, just listening to music, just, uh, you know, feeling a gemstone or whatever it might be. These deep experiences you can have are um, what really makes happiness absolutely you know? <laughs> absolutely,
0: man and to circle back what you were talking about uh, as far as you feeling like these things are always here but we are not tuned to the frequency to be able to perceive them that's absolutely correct and not only are our sensory organs particularly vision hearing etc tuned to specific bandwidths of the spectrum for your ears obviously about 10 to 20 hertz to 20 kilohertz and for your eyes you know from red mm-hmm. to violet etc uh apart from that, that's like a hardwired tuning. But apart from that, what else prevents us from experiencing all of reality at once is a brain information processing system that is called top down signal modulation. And what happens is mm-hmm. your neocortex, the part of your brain responsible for abstract thinking, uh, basically what makes us human just because of the sheer amount of it that we have, um, is basically top down modulating in a feedback loop, the bottom up sensory input, which, you know, begins in the thalamus, which is kind of uh, the operator of your brain. It's where the sensory input originally goes to be dispersed elsewhere in the brain. And what happens is that, that bottom in input is being modulated by the top. So it's called a top down signal modulation. So in real time, your neocortex is actually filtering out much of reality before it's dispersed by the thalamus elsewhere in the brain. I hope that makes sense. So basically, in Mm -hmm. in real time, your brain is inhibiting the input signal. So most of the brain circuits are actually inhibitory, meaning outright subtractive from the the final perception that we end up observing. So human consciousness and and baseline neurochemistry is actually more constrained than unconstrained, particularly just because of that. And what's interesting is the thalamus and the thalamocortical area, which is what's controlling this for the most part, is uh, basically akin to the eye of Horus. If you cut a brain, I'm sure you've seen that before. If you cut Mm cross-section of the brain in half, it's the thalamus that's like the outside of the eye, you know, the pineal and pituitary inside right there. And uh, so basically my perspective of that is that that eye of Horus uh, symbolism is, basically you know explaining that this you know this physiology this part of your physiology is what is you know presiding over the control of how much of reality you can experience at any time you know what i'm saying 100% and, i mean uh, 100% ex- experience and perception they're they're so illusory that it's it's wild like even things as simple as you know if you look at an apple and you see that it's red, it's actually not red. It's every color except red. So let's say because red is the only wavelength of light that bounces off of the apple. So within the apple, you know, it's not red. It's absorbing every other frequency of light. Mm -hmm. And therefore, you know, it can be said that it is all colors except red. So if you can picture something like Ayahuasca visionary states where everything kind of has that multicolor shimmering look, that would kind of be how the yep. world looked if our sensory perception was not wired the way it is with, you know, vision, for example, that Apple would be just shimmering every yeah. color except red, perhaps, you know, it's,
1: it's crazy, man. Incredible. Incredible. That makes so much sense because you get, you know, in a psychedelic state in an expanded consciousness state, you get the sense that, you know, this is more real <laughs> and it probably is like the things you're seeing. Uh, do probably change color, so to speak, you know, how maybe an apple will be like changing color because and now like this, like level of, uh, this, this part of your brain that is normally decreasing the information perceived is now allowing slightly more information and you can just see all the, like the, the meta details. Right. And it, in a sense, it seems like that is, you know, science. But, like, science has been, you know, wary of psychedelics. Well, not a lot of science. I mean, there are certain scientists that, that are super into it and that, that are super gung-ho. And, and I'm uh, you know, I'm lucky to have worked with, with a couple of them as well. But the, the kind of general, typical, materialistic science w- doesn't really seem to value altered right. states. And I just, I wonder, you know, I wonder why that is. I guess they just think that it's, like you know, your brain playing tricks on itself. But until you have that experience yourself, it's kind of really impossible to to put this brand on it. Like this is what it is, you know? Like so many of these scientists don't do it and they will claim to know what's going on. And that to me is a little... It's a little funny, you know. Well, I is know, think it's because our
0: especially Western science is based on objectivity. And so if you can't see what I'm seeing, then you know, we're not both technically observing it. It might not be reproducible in a scientific experimental setting, et cetera. And you know, science's backbone as as we know it here is studying objective phenomena whereas the phenomena we're discussing are subjective you know And, and they may not be but they're really hard to find with instruments right so i mean we can't even as it is right now define consciousness we don't know if it's just a system of logic we don't know if it is the ability to make decisions to influence your future based on your past, uh, no one can really even define what consciousness is. And honestly, I think that's part of the magic of the human experience. We're limited here and that our limitations create the program possible to,
1: to have the human experience as we know it. Right. So it's almost like part of the game, you know, (laughs) it's so funny. Like you, you kind of hear of those, those, um, metaphors or those idioms that say like it's right in front of you it's Mm. just beneath your nose like the whole time all of this metaphysical inspiration creative beauty glory is like right there in front of you and you're just like your brain is just tuned to this ego frequency or it's like what am i gonna eat tonight chick-fil-a you know but it's like at the same time you could just be perceiving yeah, the infinite right. oneness, the mystical, the mystical, yeah, mm-hmm. yoga, you know, just the, the interconnectedness of all of things and our place in nature and how we would want to treat each other and nature, right. if only we knew, yep. you know?
0: <laughs> and it's right yeah, in front it, of us. You know, it's as if these Crazy. things are, are little Easter eggs just placed into our reality and embedded here for us to find at the right mm-hmm. time and just start you know being given that reminder because you know certain of these experiences man the way that they present themselves as a totally self-evident truth as you were saying it feels realer than real i mean a self-evident truth is just something we really don't get to experience too often and and the power in which these concepts are just like zapped into our heads is just like mm-hmm. unrivaled through most you know of our day-to-day interactions. so you know when you are reminded in other words beyond the shadow of a doubt that you are you know eternal that you are part of a, a big woodworking system that is the universe that you know love how powerful of a force uh, love is it really is a, a wake-up call and it really really does i mean i've seen it for years and years help so many people to totally flip-flop their life around uh and begin living a much better life, you know, bound in more and more happiness. Mm
1: -hmm. Absolutely. You know, I do believe it's Mm -hmm. not for everyone. Certain people that just had a certain upbringing that just have a certain way of thinking, set and setting all the stuff. They're just not going to have a good time on psychedelics. Mm -hmm. And I I think that's fine, you know, but I think that um, for people that aren't uh, in that group, this is a Mm -hmm. must have experience for just like understanding what being alive is so that you'll actually maybe live to the the deepest level that you can because I mean, it really depends. You know, some people, you know that there are the, I've read this Mm -hmm. book called the master game and it talks about these different, uh, essentially games that humans play. One of them is a householder game. Um, so it, it doesn't make it wrong to simply raise a family and pass your genes on. It's totally not wrong. It's one game you can actually play. There are several other games, you know, the fame game is one, you know, Um, but the master game is the game of realizing the infinity in every day and bringing forth creativity, you know, essentially leaving something behind you some type of uh, product that that lives on far beyond you if you're able to do that you're playing the master game and also just to be in awakening and to be in yoga and to be in a sense of Mm -hmm. you know namaste with the humans that you interact with that again is is the master game so a lot of people on a spiritual path are whether or not they know it you know going towards that like highest kind of um thing that you can embody as a human experience which i think is great and you can't play it perfect you know no one is is perfect you're not just going to play the game and uh, the master game and make uh, right. never get angry again. that's what i was going to say yeah. i mean
0: a lot of people fixate fixate on that you know missing the point that that's that that's not in fact the point
1: balance mm-hmm. yeah right. the point is just stay in touch with it you know it's like you don't have you know like you're going to get angry you're going to it's sad like you're not gonna just stay in divine right. bliss for all of time even if you do a yoga pose for <laughs> 40 days straight which i've done this type of stuff trying to really keep my energy high but then you realize hey there's a fluctuation and it's okay you know like human experience is beautiful emotions are beautiful there's a certain beauty to be found in being sad right. you know what i mean like yeah no you look at it from the right angle you know and hopefully teaching you stuff too emotions can teach you things if you're able to integrate them and not push them down yeah no doubt dude i'm looking at your album cover right now um tell me about it who who is it who is it by like what does it represent it is insane it's beautiful
0: he is so amazing that is uh elo elo projects uh check him out on facebook it's eloh uh projects shout out elo he is nuts i don't know how he does this uh but that that piece took like uh Blocked out work for I think three months until uh, we finally finished. It's actually huge. It's 36 by 36. Wow. And uh, it's, it's like, I don't know if you can zoom on it, but it's really detailed. Yeah, I can uh, see. He's all about that detail
1: work and he's just really, really good at what he does. Uh, Incredible. This is on, would you say this is on some 5MEO or is this more eyewash? No, man. Honestly, 5MEO is almost entirely void of visuals, it's uh, just white.
0: Yeah, when you have what they call the whiteout uh experience mm-hmm. uh but you know there are visual effects but it's a little different. We can get into that in a second, but uh yeah, that's more of a like an ayahuasca. Actually, what's going on there is uh, as far as the visuals, yeah, it's like really really kind of like an ayahuasca visiony kind of piece, but there's there's a lot mm-hmm. like going on in there, a little subtle stuff and DNA and uh, all that stuff with the snake, you know, the, yeah. the ayahuasca serpent, uh, the mines called it Quetzalcoatl, all that stuff. Wow. And uh, there's just a lot of little elements mixed into there, big and small, that just kind of communicated what I was trying to communicate for the record. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I have like a, a fascination with DNA like no other, uh, based on some, well, a whole series of experiences I had and continue to have mm-hmm. regarding
1: it. Oh you heard it was discovered on LSD, right? Yeah, uh Francis Crick. You know, I don't know the story, yeah. but I I do know and if you know it please please tell me, but I heard DNA was discovered on LSD.
0: Yeah, it's not that it was discovered, the double helical structure of it was discovered. So what happened mm-hmm. was they 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 knew it existed, but they didn't know what it looked like or or how its atomic structure was in 3D. So uh long story short francis crick is the guy the different story someone else actually did this work it was a woman but he got all of the majority of the credit for it he did a lot oh, of wow. it but uh she kind of got dumped but uh he it was yeah on an lsd trip when he started experiencing seeing the double helix shapes and recognizing it or you know mm-hmm. forming it in his mind that that was dna and they did go on to discover that that was in fact the structure of dna and he won a nobel prize for that
1: so he intuited it
0: yeah i mean man every time i take high doses of lsd i'm like swimming in it to be honest Mm -hmm. it's it Mm -hmm. i can't even see i'm like stuck in uh in in double helical dna structures you know
1: wow so is that closed eye or even open eye both Okay. I'm talking. I haven't taken talking, massive doses. Uh, t- tell me, like, how how would one take a a dose? You know, like, re- responsibly to to be able to witness what what you're saying. You know, just seeing DNA. I mean,
0: I can't like sit and recommend that people take doses like that. and Kind of just know 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 your limits and stuff. But what I'm talking about is generally on. 350 plus mics Uh, i don't ever Mm -hmm. take more than like 450 i don't really see a point in doing so i'd rather Mm -hmm. experience the tryptamines than such a high dose of lsd quite frankly it lasts so long like by six hours in i'm like all right i'm ready to go to sleep and like Mm -hmm. see again. and it's just starting (laughs) (laughs) i'm just kidding
1: but um it is interesting that chemicals you know like by looking at this album art people might just see this as a beautiful artistic expression. Sure. No, you can actually go there. Right, right. <laughs> you can actually be in that scene. So a lot of people that don't kind of understand the, the, the certain level of beauty to it, I can see them saying, oh, it looks scary, you know, right. or like it looks like a red man. I'm scared, you know, or right. whatever. But it's like when you see that that dude is like a transcendental prince right, right here, you know what I mean, with like cosmic snake vibe you know kundalini dna quetzalcoatl you name it this is just like the archetypal godhead experience like literally you feel like if you imagine you know I, i recommend looking at this artwork if you're listening to the podcast um well, where can people find it real quick so i fi- could find the artwork we are going to put it on time wheel so you'll see the artwork on time wheel, oh, but where great. else i mean it it'll be, be
0: all over the uh, it's going to be attached to the tune, so i mean it'll be on all platforms uh september 18th so awesome. there's also some other spots premiering it uh you know uh, rolling stone india is actually doing a premiere of the single hey. one truth and then uh she she's youtube channel have taz visuals doing uh, visual. Oh, Taz is amazing. He is. He's nuts, too. Th- those guys are just otherworldly artists. I'm so glad that there's oh, artists like right. that that exist who put so much work into transcribing the visionary state. Like, that's super yep. important, in my opinion, because, mm-hmm. you know, what we look at right now, uh, 2,000 years back, whatever, and view as, like, religious artwork, you know, right. 1,000, 2,000 from now, maybe this is going to be the religious artwork, because this is... You know transcriptions of the ineffable, and and you know yeah. I, I would you know argue without trying to offend anyone that this is kind of like more truly applicable to real world experiences. I mean, mm-hmm. so uh,
1: mm-hmm. I agree, I agree. I've been thinking this whole time that th- that this is the the spiritual artwork of the age. Right. You know what I mean? They're gonna look back to these album arts to these. You know, Alex Gray type paintings, all of this stuff as a, you know, how we look at, you know, like a handprint on a cave saying, right. oh, look, they're, they're figuring it out a little bit, you know, <laughs> like that's going to be them looking back on us. Um, and what would be really interesting is if they didn't have access to psychedelics anymore, they're going to be like, what did they know? <laughs> Yeah. you know like say for some reason they lose the ability to produce psilocybin in the like two thousand years from now or or all the all the right. um different chemicals somehow get erased by you know who knows some ai who knows i don't know but i'm just saying like if they lost the ability to to have psychedelic experiences like they would not have no idea where where what we were on where we were coming from they would think that They were so de-evolved, so to speak, that like we were these uh, these titans of of mastery. And it's so funny how we look at the ancient Egyptians Mm -hmm. that way. It always is that way. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's interesting. I was just about to say that uh, as well, circling back to the Egyptians,
0: because that is exactly the perspective that most of us have about them as well. And, you know, Mm -hmm. obviously we're missing something that was going on in their culture. Uh, right. really well knows. i think
1: we're finding it with the with the psychedelic renaissance oh no doubt i yeah. think it's coming back you right. know and it's been here there's been a line of of that experience existing here on earth for the whole the whole time you know mm-hmm. what's funny i like to think about how someone is always tripping
0: uh, you know, if you yeah. were to think about
1: the whole world yeah. someone is always connected to that to that dimension right there's never not anyone tripping that's kind of funny right I think
0: about that like often with ayahuasca ceremonies because there's always ayahuasca ceremonies going on. I mean, that is a that's a mission right there, you know, and that's that's not mm-hmm. just like eating a couple of mushrooms at your house. An ayahuasca
1: ceremony, serious. And there's always one going on. I, I think about that often as well. Yep, always. And That's beautiful. That's like the whole, you know, the underworld, so to speak, right. you know, and, and that's not a scary thing. I'm not saying that is like because, you know, a lot of people might think of underworld as this. Uh, you know, like uh, hate where Hades is mm. or, you know, hell or whatever. Sure. But uh, it's not that it's it's that there is this mystical dimension, uh, either underlying or overlying. I don't know which one, but it's 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 existing. People are tuned into it. People communicate through. Um, here's how here. And here's my question for you, actually, about that. What do you think about people having the same thing happen to them on psychedelics? Like it's almost like they're seeing the same thing, and maybe even communicating together, and and saying, "I thought you were gonna say that," or like, uh, "I knew you were gonna think of that." I was also thinking of that. Why does that happen in group psychedelic like ceremonies? Do you think?
0: And I, I I wish I could give you a solid answer. I do reflect on that very often, as I have experienced it with multiple friends, multiple times, uh, in an undeniable way. And you know. The harmala alkaloids from the ayahuasca vine, which actually are not psychedelic tryptamines alone, they're the enzyme inhibitor, uh, Uh you know, the MAOI that's present in the the vine. And uh, when those alkaloids were first discovered, they were actually called telepathine because they seem to, even without DMT, without tryptamines, they seem to uh, induce telepathic experiences between subjects. 100%. and uh you know it probably has something to do with brainwave coherence i mean we are walking electromagnetic field generators from both our brain and our hearts and uh you know it probably has to do with magnetic field resonance if i was to take a, a guess i mean i have no evidence of that but if i was to take a guess it's probably right. the resonant interactions of your electromagnetic fields kind of allowing your mm-hmm. consciousness to interact with one another, uh, even if for brief periods transient. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, you know, I mean, because it's it's, it's entirely possible that our consciousness is housed within the electromagnetic field generated by our brain and heart. Right. And uh, yeah. so, you know, if you can, like when you hug someone, for example, when you give someone a hug, you're putting your hearts Mm -hmm. as close as physically possible to where the two electromagnetic fields (laughs) generated by them can interact with the least possible amount of interference. So, uh, you know, in my mind, it's entirely possible that thoughts can be transferred in a similar
1: way. Uh, Right. But who knows? Hopefully one day we know. I think that's a good guess, man. I mean, you said you're guessing. To me... You know, taking these little bit of leaps of like I'm gonna guess really good though is what science right. is. You know what I mean? It's like they're always just kind of really guessing really good. Like Einstein was just kind of really guessing really good, and oh, I was right. right. You know, <laughs> you know, and it's funny. Um, and but yeah, I mean, also, it is insane how um these things happen, and uh, I think that that also is what people know as the aura is this electromagnetic right. field. And I've definitely seen things like come like almost like, you know how on a really dry road, you can see like gasoline, like yeah, bubbling yeah. up in the distance, like yep. a mirage, like that type of energy coming off of like plants and stuff. Um, it, it looked like this kind of like aura, like kind of like gasoline slightly um you know almost see-through but still there like resonance around trees and stuff on psychedelics right, yep. um, and to me i feel like that is it it's aura people have seen this through all the ages and say you know aura because they don't know really how to describe it now we can see electromagnetic fields and test all the stuff right. but it's like back then they were just like oh that's your aura chakras mm-hmm. you know chakras are these energy centers that heart chakra you know when you hug each other you feel good it's like you know (laughs) that type of stuff um we've always been tapped into the same thing like the truth we're all pointing towards like one kind of truth thing that's happening but there's just so many windows so many perspectives so many opinions that are coloring the truth and that's why we have a bajillion mystical traditions you know what I mean exactly yep
0: and that's why I think you know 5-MeO-DMT is probably uh the most capable psychedelic of uniting the world uh based on what you just said because it shows you like the 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 ultimate self-evident truth it bypasses all the bs and all the different levels of interpretation uh interpretive experiences uh where there's still you the subject and the object which is your vision or you know whatever your thought process and within two or three heartbeats breaks all of that down and you become absolutely nothingness like when people say like ayahuasca and dmt and those compounds give you ego death uh like i thought so too until actually experiencing real ego death meaning that like your sense of i is totally gone you are nothingness Mm. and by Mm. virtue of being nothingness you're actually everything and when you experience that as a Mm. sensory perception you you kind of have like an epiphany of the grandest order and the thing about it is that it's uh it's very reliable and consistent. It does basically the same thing every time there's no visionary wow. content J- just by virtue of experiencing visionary content. Your ego is still attached. The ego of course, meaning your awareness right. of your subjective experience of the world, just by virtue of having visions, it's still there and functioning, right? Because there's you over here and then there's the vision and then it's up for interpretation and who's going to interpret it except you, and uh and all that so but the the 5meo mm-hmm. uh which is obviously also made synthetically but it's most commonly used in the venom of the bufo alvarius toad aka colorado yes. river toad aka Sonoran and desert toad and mm-hmm. uh man it's uh i did it for for the first big full release dose they call it time last year and uh mm. how many tokes was it Oh man, one. this is a just one this is a one hitter quitter. Yeah, one done. Yeah and wow. yeah, man. I do uh, want to say this though, it's just about impossible to talk about 5MEO DMT accurately, but I mean it is important to try, right. But I do want to let people know, don't take this as me telling you to go seek it out and do it this substance induces what is most likely the most profound experience one could ever ever have and uh, for it to be beneficial to you you have to be ready and willing to spend some time integrating it afterwards Uh, this one's usually only recommended for people with extensive psychedelic experience and have a good facilitator this is not something that you do by yourself Uh, you know, if you can picture a grain of sugar at the bottom of a big glass of cold water, the sugar grain remains separate from the water, right? But once you dissolve that grain of sugar, it's both everywhere and nowhere at the same time. That's kind of what this substance does as a full blown, very, very unbelievably intense physical perception. It merges you into complete and total oneness, very very quickly but uh again talking about it does zero justice uh just you know if any of you ever do come across it please approach it with the utmost respect research until your eyes bleed and know your facilitator before partaking yes i've read a good bit of ancient scriptures and whatnot Mm -hmm. philosophy and the state of consciousness that i can best relate that five meo induces is the Kabbalistic term Ain Sof that kind of represents the fabric of consciousness in its egoless state um, before the emanation and unfolding of physical reality and creation? And uh, it's that undifferentiated, unseparated, pure awareness. And it's really just a remembrance that you have always been and will always be this pure awareness, right? But what makes it so intensely profound is that this experience is packaged up and presented to you as a totally self-evident truth. That's not up for interpretation. It's presented as a pure knowingness, Mm. unlike most of the experiences that we have in life. Mm. And, dare I say, even unlike most of the tryptamines, which, again, still leave you with an interpretive stance on what you experienced, this is just a little different, man, and it's extraordinarily convincing. You know, this has been my experience. I can't speak for everyone, but I can speak for a lot of people who have done it.
1: Yeah, it's always a struggle for me with the NN because... um two two solid hits in things are already changing. Right. And you start to feel like this is already pretty cool. So maybe I want to sit here. But then, you yeah. know, you should go for the third. So you try to go for the third. And if you you are able to, then you do get that total spiral into geometry right. um, within in. So this one, ah, that is so interesting. I almost don't know what happens. Like, it sounds so kind of mysterious. I, I understand what you're saying about kind of landing in the everything nothing Mm. um i've had glimpses of it i've never really stayed in it for any certain amount of time it's almost what you would call samadhi yeah that's what i was about to say so i mean this 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 state of consciousness is
0: written about in the vedic and yogic scriptures uh and it's discussed as that pure blissful state of non-being and you know more often non-duality and uh Mm -hmm. it 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 really is something unbelievably like important and intense and just it feels like the ultimate grand epiphany and it it's it just it just takes you kind of into a different state as far as healing goes compared to all of the other modality all of the other tryptamines in my experience and a lot of other people's experience uh you know as i said the the total non-attachment of of being an individual and you sink back into that pure knowingness that and the funny thing about it is that kind of like when you're when you're in a group doing this and kind of everybody hits that same usually only one at a time but everybody kind of hits that same vibration like you can look at Mm -hmm. you can look at you know a friend of yours and look them dead in the eye and know that that whole cliche about like i'm you and you're me is actually physically reality and, uh, yeah. it's so strange and for, for, it's really difficult to believe, man, just That's like so the fun. others, but this one's kind of almost more difficult to believe and also more difficult to, to talk about and to put into words, because I mean, you can get somewhere somewhat close with the other tryptamines. Uh, you know, I saw, uh, you know, fractal geometry, it was like 4d somehow it was consuming me all that. Uh, but you know, when I, when I tell somebody, yeah, it doesn't really have visuals if, if so, just very, very small amount. It it yet yet it makes you know DMT look like a cup of coffee. It's
1: uh it's really wow. hard it's really hard to like form a mental you know perspective about this. So is it difficult? I mean, obviously it's probably the most difficult thing ever. But at the same time, did you hold it together? You know yeah, what I mean. So how did it go,
0: man? Okay, so here's the deal. On lower doses, about it's like half and half on lower doses half the people just sink into this totally blissful relaxed state and the other half it makes them really uncomfortable why because this compound takes practice is the ultimate practice of like letting go and surrendering to it and so the people who feel uncomfortable because on lower doses you're you're you still have the the choice to try to fight it to resist sure. right and so those who feel uncomfortable to to re- and you know begin trying to resist it uh start to you know tense up or just you know kind of oh you know i want it to end or you know whatever and Mm -hmm. uh and the other ones who can just (sighs) deep breath and relax and you always want to be laying on the ground in a symmetrical position for this and uh and and because i mean you just you feel like an elephant sitting on your chest first of all in the best (laughs) way possible as long as you can submit to it It, you, you feel like you're you're melding into and melting into the ether right and so there's wow. like an intense pressure behind that, but you know if you let that get to you or startle you or whatever, and I mean it's shocking, dude. It's it's this is mm-hmm. <laughs> this is serious. And uh, but generally on the yeah. on the higher doses, uh, people, you know, like I said, three three four heartbeats tops, you're 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 done. Like there's no you. Uh, so wow. you you don't you can Incredible. try to fight that first half a second all you want, but in two three more seconds, you're you know there's no fighting, and that's mm-hmm. kind of in a
1: sense, it it, it kind of makes it easy, but you know, I, Yeah, because it's a short period. It, it's a heavy transition, but at least it doesn't go on for an hour. It's like five seconds later, you're pretty much you, you've accepted it. Yeah. <laughs> you have no yeah, choice. And it lasts
0: about 20, 30 minutes, sometimes a, a little bit longer. And, uh, you know, the, the crazy part is when you start to reintegrate back into your sense of individuality, that's kind of like, you know, I just melted into, you know, whatever you want to call it, God source consciousness. It's all the same concept, right? It's kind of like a, the giant battery that powers this whole magical operation. Right. And so when you, yeah. when you sink back into your little meat sleeve, you look over at your buddy <laughs> and you realize that he's just a meat sleeve and that no matter what mm-hmm. the, the, A conscious awareness that sits in the back of his mind, observing his physicality, observing his mind, his psychological processes, all of that is part of that, is part of that, like, kind of energy complex that, you know, I call my friend right here. But in the very back, that conscious awareness, that's me and that's you yes. and that it really is yes. like that <laughs> and i'm like i mean that's a, you know yes. that's that's the undoubtable sense that you get when you have this experience and and again you know that experience of non-duality and the 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 pure indescribable connection to literally all that is is described in a lot of uh eastern mystic traditions and texts and uh man it's just it's just such mm-hmm. a blessing that there's little Easter eggs like that, that make their way to
1: Western culture. Cause man, I don't know if we could find that without them, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, that was amazing. I know. I know what you're talking about because, um, I've had a similar experience, I think on a very high dose of mushrooms. Yep. Um, it, it's probably different. It's definitely different, but the, I actually wrote lyrics from this experience and it kind of encapsulates what you just said but the lyrics were how are you and me in separate bodies all i feel is unity nice so that's what i had wrote from this experience because i truly in a sense looked at my friend and could see that too see what you're saying right. and i think that's what the namaste means as well exactly. when they say the light in you or your soul or whatever it is it's that thing it's that thing that interconnects us all because we're kind of it seem it seems like we're getting the same signal exactly. from you know, yeah, the God consciousness, the pulse, like the initial it is, the Dead Tao, on. whatever it Dead is. On. You know. That's,
0: That's it, on. man. You're you're That's correct, it. bro. I mean, my uh my my you know, if you want to call them that beliefs align exactly with that, that consciousness in and of itself is you know, embedded into the very fabric of reality, it's not something that just emerged within it, and that it is, you know, could be looked at like a radio broadcast through which we are all individual expressions denoted by Mm -hmm. our, you know, multitude of factors, our genetic code, uh, our psychology, mainly our genetic code, but also our psychology, our past experiences, our environment, and all of these things we are distortions of that one un- unaltered signal and that one mm-hmm. unaltered signal is kind of what you dissolve back into with some of these experiences and uh you, you peel back okay. your embedded layers of distortion you know i mean the word distortion means that you take a signal and you change it you add harmonics to yeah. it you you change it in some way and we are changing that signal in our own individual way and our distortions are what create our individuality right and so like that yeah. broadcast though that that pure conscious awareness broadcast in my you know viewpoint is god is what mm-hmm. we call god right in its purest 100%. manifestation before it's personified before you know metaphor and hyperbole is added to its expressions it is just pure awareness
1: Mm -hmm. exactly i think that's what all these mystics tap into when you know they say things like you know we're all one or we're all the son of god or all these things because we are we're interconnected by that and it's just super humbling and super beautiful to have that experience and um it's definitely heavy. And that's why I say it's not for everyone. Because yeah. some some people just aren't looking for a heavy experience. Mm-hmm. You know, They don't want their life to be shattered. And I don't say shattered in a bad way. I know it sounds like that. But it's like you're going to ch- see a whole new dimension of life that you previously thought was impossible, right. essentially. You're just like you, you would have never conceived that you could witness the things that psychedelics allow you to see. Um, And part of the the weird thing is they're stigmatized because I guess pretty much of the law and the governments not wanting people to have access to this, the hierarchies and stuff, because it is so powerful and is so empowering to, you know, to the people that witness these things end up being, you know, Mystics or religious leaders or people who write texts and or, or music that go down in history and all the stuff. So it's it's definitely like a powerful thing that they don't want us to know about. But it is like the most valuable thing you could know. It really seems to be the philosopher's stone, so right. to speak. You know, in the sense of almost the ultimate learning. <laughs> right. Pure yeah, wisdom. and I mean that's exactly why
0: you know it's not in government's best interest for everybody to be on that wavelength i mean we're running a business here there's no doubt about that Mm -hmm. so you know i mean it it no doubt deprograms some of our cultural programmings that have been long standing for decades if not centuries and uh that's not good for business and it also uh you know kind of in a few hours can just make you realize just how insanely absurd some of our societal structures
1: are you know right and I think that um, the, the way that they're looked at, yes, there's a lot of people that take them, millions, you know what I mean? Millions of people take psychedelics on a monthly basis, that type of thing. Um, but then the, the, the general public thinks that something bad is going to happen, you know what right. I mean? It's, it's weird. It's like they're, it's not going to be in their best interest, like they think, they're going to see something and it's going to mess them up and like they're not going to be able to do their job or raise their family or whatever it is but what's super weird is that it makes you do all those things better right you raise your family better you do your job better you become a better person if you go through this experience that is humbling it is sometimes a little tough but hey you know you can you can do it you know like we're freaking You know, like we have a lot of endurance inside our soul. If you look for it, just don't be afraid to do things that are scary. In fact, there's a lot of philosophy out there that says go towards things that scare you. You know, and and not in in an evil sense, of course. Always with good intentions. You know what I mean? But it's like things that that kind of you're kind of afraid to do. Those things you maybe put off, and you know you should be doing, and you said you would do. Blah blah blah. They're kind of scary because they're unknown. And you don't know whether you'll succeed or not succeed and all the stuff. But honestly, it's like if you go towards those things that that give you uh, anxiety, you can turn that anxiety into excitement, into adrenaline and and go into things that uh, that previously maybe scared you, like psychedelics or a breathwork ceremony or start creating music, you know, or do your podcast or whatever it could be. Right. So, yeah,
0: I mean, I think, you know, like you said, it's stigmatized. I mean, that stigmatization is part of the programming that, you know, they ultimately deconstruct. And, uh, you know, if, if the word drugs wasn't tossed around so carelessly and the war on drugs Mm -hmm. didn't do that so intentionally, I mean a better name for psychedelic compounds is molecular biotechnology i mean they're not drugs drugs is you know heroin and crack and stuff that we know to mm-hmm. ruin people's lives tear families apart cause people to become someone worse than their previous self whereas I mean, everybody right. pretty much knows most of the time when used in the proper manner psychedelics Really, you either leave the same or you leave better. I mean, I don't don't know too many people who who, who leave worse than they were before. You know, even through the really difficult experiences, those are usually the most profound. And those people are having Mm -hmm. a difficult experience because they are confronting things about their own very nature that they wouldn't otherwise confront. And it's forcefully put onto them like, look, no, you're going to work this out right now, whether or not you like it. No, it's not ending now. Look, you'll be fine in five hours. Mm -hmm. Work this out. And you think about it and you think about it and you think about it. And then you reach an end point and Mm -hmm. you're better off than you were before, even if during it seemed maybe otherwise. You know, I mean, I've I've never... Been around someone who is having a really challenging experience. There, there are no bad trips. It's that's another word that needs to go somewhere else. There, there are challenging right. trips, and I've never been around someone who experienced a very challenging one. And I've seen some really rough ones. I've had some really rough ones who didn't come out on the other side. You know, much better off. I mean, it's no doubt like akin yes. to the the hero's journey in old literature. You yeah,
1: hundred percent. It's grace too, man freaking something in there saves you too something in those experiences has love (laughs) i don't know why but mushrooms somehow or another they will show you stuff but they show it with love they're like bro we're just showing you so you know and become better like we love you you know (laughs) so that's that's really cool you know i will say it depends on the strand uh, the strain because I actually have gotten one that I got. I felt like he was a grumpy mushroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was a little grumpster, man. Like he was just not having a good day. But um almost every single and, and still I dealt with his his grumpy grandpa nature. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you, you can still get through the experience. But it's like, well, that other strand had a little more of like a lighthearted vibe. Let me try that right. one. you know? Cause Similar with like cannabis, mm-hmm. you know, there's different effects for different you know uh, mushrooms yeah
0: yeah the thing i mean you know uh, mushrooms a lot of people think the only active in them is psilocybin but it's not there there's a good handful of compounds in mushrooms and recently we discovered they might even contain their own maoi but they also have baocysteins in them so those compounds kind of color the experience uh the same way that terpenes color the experience of cannabis so the, the the different genetic strains most certainly do play a role and then it's always hard Just because of the nature of the psychedelic experience it's always hard to know whether you can you know attribute that to the mushroom or whether you can attribute that to your own set setting
1: you know it's difficult Mm -hmm. to discern that i know yeah well what do you think about set and setting do you like nature a lot of my best experiences have been where i'm just sitting in the middle of like a a park or like you know some kind of nature Environment. Where do you ha- find your experiences? One hundred percent, one
0: hundred percent. It's uh, yeah, it, it's it's grand in nature, man, and I think that that really kind of helps to 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 cool people off too, as far as uh fear or whatever. As long as it's a chill spot, like I I smoked, yeah, yeah without a lot of people right. passing through and stuff. I smoked DMT on the top of the Chunantunich Pyramid in Belize, the Mayan Pyramid, and. <sighs> it was kind of not tight there was too many people up there and like 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 sure, 30 sure. seconds into it it was awesome for about 30 seconds and then 30 seconds into it my fiance told me uh like our group left us and we had we had to follow it was a three-hour ride back to the uh, to the ship and like so I had, to, I had to get up and walk down all these sketchy stairs and all that so it was, it, wow. it was worth it but you know mainly i mean that was kind of like a one-time thing for me i just really wanted to do that uh out there mm-hmm. and that kind of
1: Oh man, but I'm sure that, that stair descend was fucking like Dude, it was ancient, sketchy. Dude. There are no handrails
0: and the stairs are like maybe two feet wide. And it's like <laughs> it's like for real, like fall you die type shit. So like
1: I'm yeah, glad you didn't fall. Yeah, it was pretty
0: wildly for a second, but no, it was all good. It was really cool though, man. But like yeah, outside is definitely like my jam too. Uh especially for mm-hmm. like ayahuasca mm-hmm. uh situations. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, there, there's just something yeah. else when you can watch the, uh, you know, like the trees grow and just like kind of, it always feels like you're just mm-hmm. in direct connection and communication with all of life around you, see the tiniest little bug right. and have a whole new appreciation for him on the, walking across yes. a leaf and all that,
1: man. I know, it's like, whoa, he's got a whole yeah. world down there.
0: Because yeah. as a whole, man, if everybody really just took the time and, and made like, no matter what it takes type effort to, to just like find a, it doesn't even have to be a schedule, just a, a frequency of just like really intentionally going and like grounding yourself and reconnecting with nature outside. I mean, I think the world Mm -hmm. could really be a whole nother place because, you know, I I grew up in the Louisiana honey Island swamp. So like I'm a river rat, right? I mean, I grew up Mm -hmm. on the river, you know, catfishing, fishing, all that stuff. And uh, I honestly, like, I, I have so much respect for people that can live in a city because I feel like I couldn't actually do it. Like, I don't, I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, like there, I, I lived in, in Metairie, Louisiana for about a year and a half. And there was like nothing around me, but concrete. And I like was going to go nuts if I didn't wow. move back. And so like, I I, mm-hmm. I find it a necessity to kind of like find that time to reconnect and go outside and do whatever, you know, my, my, my outside time is generally the the river.
1: I'm here, I'm here on this one mm-hmm. wow it, yeah. awesome yeah yeah for sure you know I've actually had one what I felt was like psychedelic brush with death when we went to enchanted rock here in Texas we took I want to say two grams of mushrooms and our goal because we had been training as like kind of a, a like cross-country runner type um, you know runners to run up this this rock, this massive hill. And so we took the mushrooms, waited for them to kick in, had a nice laugh, you know, drink some water and then we were going to like run up this hill. And I, I think it was probably 45 seconds into the run. The incline was so steep and I literally felt like I thought my muscles were going <laughs> to explode out of my body. Because they burned so bad. Yeah. Like literally it was like the hardest thing ever. And it's funny because then my friend keeps running and he looks back. And at the same time, the rock is like melting around me almost like it's lava. Right. And it felt like just such like a freaking uh Lord of the <laughs> Rings moment. And my friend's looking back at me and I'm like melting, and I'm like, hell right. you know, like and then I was like, I, I think I almost died just now. Like I'm just gonna walk back that way. it was as simple as that you know what i mean i didn't though but it was it was honestly a good experience to have to just be like really just kind of like sit in the grass you know what I mean? you don't have to climb a mountain um but you know do what you want to do yeah Yeah, that's great man that's great yeah i mean hopefully we can get back
0: to all that congregating stuff uh waiting for the world to come back to normal man honestly it's it's been crazy i can't believe we've been doing this for this long and uh it's always mm-hmm. kind of difficult. I don't know if you uh, saw an article I wrote. It was fairly interesting, man. I went down this rabbit hole, uh, actually elicited in part by an experience I had five years ago and a vision that I had. But um, I went down this rabbit hole about the sun and and its relationship mm-hmm. to what's happening on the earth and stuff. And uh, it's mm-hmm. uh, you, ever, you, you understand that we're in a solar minimum right now?
1: Mm-mm. No, tell me about that. So...
0: Uh... This is like a really long story, but I'll kind of break it down. So the sun goes through an 11 year cycle where we have basically ups and downs in the number of sunspots on the surface of the sun. And all sunspots are really is basically the uh, the visual representation of the strength of the magnetic field of the sun. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it, it ebbs and flows in cycles of 11 years. Well, when it's low, when there are virtually no sunspots, that means that the sun has a very weak magnetic field right now. And when it when the magnetic field of the sun is low, so usually when the sun's magnetic field is strong, it actually like shields the earth from what are called cosmic rays. And cosmic rays are like really highly charged particles that originate from outside the solar system. Mm -hmm. And Multiple studies have shown that when these cosmic rays are bombarding us like they are during solar minimum, that it causes genetic mutation to occur really, really quickly uh, in bacteria and viruses and even in animals and humans and uh, so like historically speaking cosmic rays have given ri- uh, rise to pandemics multiple times mm-hmm. now i'm not trying to i'm not trying to portray this as fact but his- historically speaking these uh, solar minima like grand solar minima they call mm-hmm. have given rise to uh, pandemics and a couple of those uh, pandemics that has given rise to well, let me pull my little i'm going to pull that article i wrote real quick where is the article published So I published it on medium. Uh, this was the result of about three days of like hardcore research and like kind of connecting different dots. So, uh, what happens is that minima in the sunspot cycle present, this is an excerpt from a study. That's why I wanted to pull this up. Minima in the sunspot cycle present conditions conducive to the entry or activation of new pathogens. And also for mutations of already circulating bacteria and viruses, Mm. three grand minima of solar activity on record, the sporer minimum from 1450 to 1550, the maunder minimum from 1650 to 1700, and the Dalton minimum from 1800 to 1830 have all been marked by a preponderance of pandemics, smallpox, English sweats, plague, and cholera. And uh, this is a really long article, so I will not get like into like the super nitty gritty of it, but it happens in like an 11 year cycle. And wow, uh, the uh, so like Ebola, N- the last one or whatever. Uh, Well, no, the H1N1. Oh, yeah. pandemic where it was like everywhere is uh 11 years ago in 2009 got it and uh so basically this this has been being observed as far back as 1971 uh there was like some stuff in nature magazine published about how the sunspot cycles correlate with influenza type pandemics hmm. and uh it's uh it's, it's really crazy yeah so this...
1: wait is it mutating and creating a new virus or is, or is our immune system so, being mutated like what's happening so well, it could
0: potentially happen both ways, but what seems to happen is that the virus mutates to be able to infect humans. Mm. Uh, so, for instance, it would be a pre-existing coronavirus that, you know, may or may not have existed in bats first and then mm. developed that S protein, which allows such a high binding affinity for the human ACE2 receptor. Mm. Uh, something like that, which obviously, if you look around, there's a lot of scientists trying to claim that there's no way this thing underwent natural evolution and the uh, to gain the ability to infect humans, mm-hmm. yada yada. So, uh, but yeah, it's crazy. But anyway, the reason I brought that up was because uh, one of my one of my major fascinations is with genetics, right, and DNA, mm-hmm. and, uh, and 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 kind of I've grown to view stars as potentially conscious entities that uh, you know go through their own cycles and ebb and flow as well. And you know what what is fact is that. When people say that we're stardust, that's that's entirely true because Mm -hmm. the the atoms that create our bodies were fused inside the core of the sun. Right. And so what happens is it all starts out as hydrogen and helium and then which are, you know, one and two protons respectively. And what happens is in the core of stars, these very simple atoms are fused into the more complex elements that create life. Uh, and all the other elements as well and then sneezed into space via these solar flares right Mm. and so like we lit, like the sun from a physics perspective literally is our creator like it created the physical atoms that that were then sneezed into space which over millions or billions of years we're now being formed from right is it our sun or is it a sun our sun is, is, we don't really know this for 100% fact, but it seems like a combination, but it seems like our sun contributed to like most of it in, in mm-hmm. our solar system. So we have system. a really powerful sun. But there's definite, well, no, all stars do this. That seems to be what they are. They're like element complexers. They, they, they take single protons and turn them into complex elements, right? And like mm-hmm. some stars produce elements that our sun does not produce and vice versa. So it's Damn. weird. Like other solar systems are loaded with, you know, elements that we won't find here, uh, which is mm-hmm. why, like, they're talking about things like asteroids potentially being mineable for brand new elements. Uh,
1: Whoa! Yeah,
0: it's crazy. They've been they've been doing a lot of asteroid
1: mining talk. I don't know if you've been seeing all that, but they're talking no. about how What they, are they gonna go try catch them with nets and shit out in space or what? Man, I don't know <laughs> what they plan on doing. How are you all, gonna catch that uh, shit?
0: The consensus is that uh, asteroid mining is going to bring the world its first trillionaire. Uh, <laughs>
1: I know Bezos Damn. is looking at it. Oh, my God. I'm not surprised. Uh, Apparently, they were all like testifying in Congress today. I, I didn't get to watch some of it, but my roommate was telling me. <laughs> who? Wait, who was? Bezos. Oh, really? As well as Zuckerberg and some of these other tech titans. For what? Um, just the government wanting more control and insight into what they're doing. It sounds like, yeah,
0: right. I love watching
1: Mark Zuckerberg testify to Congress. He is so funny, dude. And he and what's funny I I noticed about him is he knows how to milk the time because they're always like, my time is out. Like by the time he's done answering like this really simple question with like a really long winded Mm -hmm. response, (laughs) so he's just like wasting everyone's time up there. I like watching him sip his water oh my god (laughs) yes i saw that brings me joy (laughs) (laughs) that is hilarious well man i wonder what those guys think about psychedelics in this whole renaissance i wonder
0: that semi often as well man me and you wonder Mm -hmm. a lot of the same stuff dude because (laughs) man i just always am asking myself man is mark zuckerberg
1: you know down with all this and what about he's gotta be man he's he he's a smart person he would know that right. psychedelics aren't the same thing as cocaine and heroin and you know what i mean all the stuff yeah it's I, it's like I always wonder about He would know elon too man yes oh i know i know And it's funny because uh that kanye west guy he's trying to hang out with elon the other day or something and he's like talking about dmt on his one of his last records really oh Um, someone told me that i never even listened to it yeah he was talking about i done died and lived again on dmt huh (laughs) that was his that was his it was in the hook too it was literally in the hook right so that's interesting i always have an internal battle with
0: myself whether stuff like that is good or bad it's probably both Uh, and It's and it's honestly none of my business but like i just you know I wonder where it's going to point where it's, where it's going to end up. I mean, at some point this has to be broadcast. I mean, it's literally, mm-hmm. you know, the biggest headline modern culture has ever seen. Yeah. And uh, at some point it's, it's gotta be just pumped out there like that, but man, mm-hmm. it's difficult to discern like when and how yeah. and who and all that. And I mean, who am I to say, who are you to mm-hmm. say, who are any of us to say this is a birthright. So like, you know it's it's gonna no doubt be very interesting watching the next couple of decades unfold man even in just the next 10 years the next single decade Mm -hmm. thanks to the work that johns hopkins and dr roland griffiths over there are doing and maps and uh i mean these people are changing the future forever Mm -hmm. and what's strange man is that most people uh, it seems to me are unaware of how quickly the ai revolution is about to get here And what's Mm going to happen here in the next, man, within 10 years, our world will be damn near unrecognizable from a technological (laughs) standpoint. And uh, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to buckle up, man. And uh, what's strange is that during that exact time, the psychedelic renaissance should be in full motion, you know. So, like, we're going to be, you know, they'll be, you know, at least to a high degree, destigmatized at like the same or similar time window as machine learning becomes a household word and is, you know, very prevalent in all of the technology that we interact with on a daily basis. So it's like, man, the, the the combination of those two factors is going to make a really crazy 2030s, I think. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Cause yeah, I don't even know how to start
1: imagining that world in 2030. Have you happened to see Westworld? I haven't. Um, It's really good. It's a good show. Um, In season three, they pretty much show like that time era. And I think they did a really good job of showing where the technology will be based on where we are right now. Um, And it pretty much goes into, you know, everything is voice. You have this little clip on your ear. That's your phone. Literally, you touch it and it does whatever you want you can literally say you know i need a car uh i need i need a car like right now Whoa. and this like robot car will pull up out of nowhere they're just like waiting to be requested and it'll drive you self-driving wherever you want to go it's all connected and social media it's all there you know you're seeing shit through your glasses but also you know everything is like voice even walking into your house your your house will recognize your voice and won't respond to other people's voices but You know you just say the lights on the lights are on and but also what's really weird is they track what you do algorithmically so that they can actually with uh accuracy tell the future because of what you do like they could tell you where you're going to be you know Mm. you know six months from now based on collecting the data of what you've been doing and where you were at what times, and taking everything into account. It's like, oh, this is the time of year where you visit Colorado, and this is the time uh, of the day where you'll be eating breakfast. So we can actually show you in six years there's an 87% probability you're going to be eating breakfast in Colorado with your brother, or whatever it is. You know what I mean? (laughs) It gets really heady, because this shit, yeah, it it tracks you. Um, And you're able to see the future. Um, They're even able to tell you what you know risks uh you might be facing as far as health in, in the future it's it's going to tell you like hey be careful Your your hips you know or uh, your heart is ha- going to be ha- having trouble at this point and it's all medical right. too so it's like everything is just embedded it's pretty much like a smartphone controlled by your voice right. that can do anything and everything i for
0: think you. stuff like like you just got into about the you know your heart's going to have problems here you know, this and that health wise, mm-hmm. I think once machine learning is integrated with uh, studying the genome and identifying problem genes and whatnot throughout the whole entirety of the human genome, I think stuff like that is definitely coming and definitely coming soon. man. Uh, as yeah. far as being able to yeah. predict, like accurately predict illness based on your genetic code,
1: uh, I mm-hmm. think that's that's man, I, I, I bet. And wouldn't that be nice to just know what's wrong with you too? Like right 100%. there, Just kind of rec- just request, you know, hey, is my foot broken? It's like, your foot yeah, is not yeah, broken. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, good. Yeah, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, that's where we're heading, man. I mean, technology's coming, whether we like it or not. You know, the AI is gonna mm-hmm. take over. They say don't punch robots because they're gonna remember it. They're gonna <laughs> you. So everyone be nice to robots. Yeah. I was talking some money <laughs> the other day, man. What else is gonna be strange is like if you like one, once
0: these robots or whatever the ais have you know really well defined emotions or emotional emulation mm-hmm. to where it's like indiscernible from like a human emotion uh you yeah. know if you're if you're blindly speaking to something and it's emotional you wouldn't know the difference between a robot and a person you know type level of emotional emulation it's yeah. kind of that that in and of itself is going
1: to make the world a pretty strange place man because yes. like, that there's a black mirror episode yeah. on that dude where they're able to like have someone call you that has passed because it's able to it's an oh ai able to replicate yeah like that that dude based on his social media and all his stuff and literally like get it down so you're talking to an ai and it's really weird because on this episode of black mirror like this girl's always off talking to this ai she's literally talking to nobody Nobody, right. but it literally sounds exactly like her boyfriend that uh, passed. Exactly what he would say. Yeah, it's that's, crazy. That's gonna be something really
0: too. It really is, man. It's a. I mean, it's be- the only the only real fact floating around out there, man, is that we are living in the most interesting time I could possibly imagine. We're we're <laughs> we're gonna be the last generation that knows both ai and all of that stuff once that new world is integrated but also remembers what it's like to play outside in the 90s and be home when the street lights come on you know what i'm saying <laughs> like our kids is born right now born in the last 10 years even don't really know mm-hmm. what it is to not have a smart device or an ipad or whatever and they don't know right. they don't know what it's like to, to play a playstation one with squares mm-hmm. and Tony Hawk's pro skater, play outside, be home <laughs> when the street lights come on, all that stuff. It's it's weird because we're gonna yeah. be like the translators of the old world
1: <laughs> to, to our children right. and grandchildren. They're not gonna know what you're talking about. I know. I was just talking to my friend about this the other day because I used to like play Zelda for real, though. Like I would actually be going through, you know, fields and picking up. Freaking little acorns yeah. and shooting them with my little freaking. Oh, you mean shot, in real life? I was uh. in real life though. <laughs> nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, and I was influenced by right, the game, right. of course. You know, because I I played the game as a kid, but then I'd go outside and be like, I'm playing Zelda for real. Right. You know, um, and you know, I don't know if kids are gonna get to do that. You know, they're gonna be so sucked into, you know, devices, constantly. But who knows, man? It's weird because it's like. You know if we are being guided well by you know some some supreme captain salute uh it's all gonna be okay right. you know what i mean so i guess we just see what happens you know <laughs> mm, no doubt it's it's gonna yeah. be well yeah yeah we'll see but dude amazing chat today thank you so much for your time yeah real quick tell people where to search you know for your music tell us the release date the album name your name all the platforms you know shout out gravitas and that yeah yeah team.
0: definitely shout out gravitas they are an amazing team uh i'm humbled and honored to have them release my music and, uh, the album is called solstice it's going to be released on all platforms on september 18th it will be premiering on september 4th with a single and you can catch the premiere of the full album with taz visuals featured on youtube on the Sheave light youtube channel s-h-i-v-e-l-i-g-h-t uh that'll be on september 17th and uh yeah but the yeah. 18th everything everything's coming out all platforms spotify apple music soundcloud all that jazz
1: let's go